som como un chupete, cheque, cheque, tra, tra, que, que, my flow, my life, my style, se te pegue, aquí mi ruso pone el prete, aquí la cucu pone el tete. Si estás de relaje, escucha esto, que ponemos un poco de música, cubana, rumbe, sentimiento, cambio, sí, esto, body, ya se pone body, mucho body, body, mucho body, body. Welcome. Today is, I just forgot what today is, Friday, March 9th, <laughs> and you are listening to Your Community Spirit. <laughs> and we have a lot of spirit today. Um, my biggest happening is Daylight Savings Time, they have changed the date. Yes. And the reason they have changed this date is actually to save energy. Yes. <laughs> which... I can't, well, I could go into a very detailed explanation, or I could just, well, read a paragraph. Daylight savings time change. As you may or may not know, the Energy Policy Act of 2005 changes the start and stop time for daylight savings time. Beginning in 2007, daylight savings time starts the second Sunday of March, which is... This Sunday. Yes, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The real interesting part of this change is that Congress retains the right to revert daylight savings time back to the 2005 time schedule <laughs> after a, quote, study that is to be completed no later than nine months after March 1st, 2007. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. So, well, they want to see if it actually does save energy. So, spring forward. Fall back. You remember that one? Yeah, spring forward, fall back. Spring forward one hour at 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Yes, it magically becomes 3 a.m. at that particular yep. time. So <clears throat> you can do it before you go to bed or yeah. if you're up at 2 a.m. Sunday morning, which is, you know, Saturday night. Yeah. If you want to really be meticulous, you could set your alarm for 1.59 and then wake up in the middle of the night and put it an hour forward. But there's no need. Well, unless you really have to be somewhere that morning. Yeah. Then just reset it before you go before to bed. Before you go to sleep. <laughs> um, another happening is um, the city of Carbondale has the bike maps out. So if you want to know where the bike maps are, or not the bike maps are, they're available at the Carbondale Civic Center. If you want to know where the bike designated bike trails are um, stop by the Carbondale Civic Center and pick up a copy of the map oh yes and I'm not finding the uh, the announcement but you mentioning the city of Carbondale reminded me that the Carbondale Reads program is also starting and that for the month of March the book is uh, Fahrenheit 451 and if you are a Carbondale resident you can get well 
You can get a copy. Of course, there's a limited amount of copies, but you can get a copy for free, and you read it. And if you complete the reading program, they have like you know monthly, whatever regular, where you sit down and talk about the book. Yes. Whatever that's called, book club meetings. Book club meetings. <laughs> so act now while supplies last, and it's at the Carbondale Public Library. And although this isn't this Saturday, but next Saturday, I wanted to announce this so that you can be prepared. Saturday, March 17th, is the fourth anniversary of the invasion of Iraq. Events to accompany the usual Saturday vigil downtown Carbondale will be in effect. So be prepared to get out there and find out more information and just let your voice be heard. Now, I know... This is something personal for me. Well, before we, we do have other happenings. Yes, okay. I was going <laughs> to. We do have one more happening, and this one sounds pretty exciting. I was just talking about the need to get outdoors now that it's uh, nice and springtime. Summer, what do you mean, spring? <laughs> yes, and, it, and in honor of the weather and the timing, it's alternative spring break in the Shawnee National Forest. This is at the Bald Knob Wilderness, March 12th to 16th, 2007 from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can join in the fun and learn some great skills along the way. Volunteers will work with hand tools to construct a trail in the Bald Knob Wilderness. You can bring a sack lunch each day and sturdy work clothes and boots. Safety equipment will be provided. Help make a difference. For questions or to pre-register, contact Jennifer Sublett at the Mississippi Bluffs Ranger District in Murfreesboro at 687-1731. So one of many ways to get out into the woods. And if you have happenings, please email the happenings coordinator, Treesong, because <laughs> he wants to be the happening guy. Yes. It's fun being a happening guy. And you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. You can even put in, in all capitals radio in the header of the email so that I'll... It'll light a spark in my head and say, oh, this is for the radio. <laughs> um, I got a chance to peruse and do a book review. Um, this book is from New Society Publishers. They sent me this book to, to do a book review on. It's called The Post-Petroleum Survival Guide and Cookbook. <laughs> now... Um, I started Oil Addicts Anonymous, so I'm starting to get a lot of, you know, books like this that and apparently there are tons and tons and tons of peak oil books out there. But the majority of them are very much alarmist with a lot of figures and very 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 dull reading. Yes. <laughs> okay. This one is humorous, interesting, Although he does get quotes from other people who are alarmist and full of mm -hmm. figures, he puts them in here. Mm -hmm. The main thing is, is I mean, the subtitle is Recipes for Changing Times. And what this book actually tells you or helps you figure out ways to simplify your life so that we can, if when the oil runs out, survive. Um... And it is a cookbook also. There is actual recipes every once in a while on some very good food. Yeah, I paged through it before you read it, and it was fun. You know, 
it, it would have the body of the text explaining some part of the issue, and then in the margin it would have this recipe. <laughs> and, I mean, my favorite probably section is quit your job. <laughs> I mean, um, that was a very, very interesting... And it doesn't mean completely quit your job, but they uh, sh- talk about um, an Incan civilization where they actually... It only took 65 days a year for this typical family to farm for all its own needs. <laughs> That's it. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I mean, just spend 65 days, and the rest of the year is leisure. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's why they, the Inca civilization rose so quickly, because they were able to figure out ways to grow their food very easily. The section on grow your own food, consider the oil we eat. Huh. Yes. This is as in petroleum. In 1945, the average farm produced 2,500 calories of food for every calorie of energy employed by the farm. So for one calorie of energy, they were able to make 2,500 calories of food. Mm -hmm. By 1975, the ratio had become one to one. Today, thanks to fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, farm machinery, refrigeration, and trucking, we use 2,000 calories of energy to produce each calorie of food. Yeah. Okay. So that was a little statistic. Um, I often think about that. Because, you know, people, I have a lot of people who applaud me and say, you know, oh, you, you don't drive, so you're saving all this fuel. And there's some truth to that, but I eat. <laughs> and the food that I eat comes from California oftentimes <laughs> or further. So I'm eating oil. Here's a quote from a Matthew Simmons and Stuart Udall. Even at today's prices, a dime buys enough electricity to lift a pickup truck 500 feet into the air. <laughs> a gallon of gasoline contains as much energy as expended riding a bicycle across the United States or hiking 300 miles across Arizona. Because energy is affordable and abundant, we learn to consume enormous quantities. In recent decades, our burn rate has been the equivalent of 100 pounds of coal per person per day. U.S. Americans now consume their body weight in petroleum products each week. Energy may be a sliver of gross domestic product, but try running the rest of the economy without it. Energy, not money, is the original currency, the source of oil wealth. So... We just have to be conscious on how much energy we use because it is not a renewable resource, as in petroleum energy. So this book, not only is it a hopeful and humorous look at the next 30 years, hopefully, it is the chance to change your life beyond petroleum. Yes. So, mm. quit being an oil addict and pick up the Post-Petroleum Survival Guide and Cookbook. Sounds exciting. Might even learn something and have fun. <laughs> oh, I actually learned stuff. I was amazed that, yeah, it was. I actually read the whole book in like two settings. <laughs> I was just like, that has never happened to me with an informational book in a long time. All right. I guess we'll get to the news. Yes, the news. Let's see, I'd like to, I'll start off with this one that's on sort of the other opposite extreme of efforts related to the planet, and that is George Bush. 
who is probably not reading that book that we've just discussed. But there is news related to him that's pretty interesting. Priests to purify site after bush visit. Guatemalan priests plan to purify a sacred site and eliminate bad spirits after a bush visit. Mayan priests will purify a sacred archaeological site to eliminate bad spirits after President Bush visits next week, an official with close ties to the group said on Thursday, quote, that a person like Bush, with the persecution of our migrant brothers in the United States, with the wars he has provoked, is going to walk in our sacred lands, is an offense for the Mayan people and their culture. Juan Tiny, uh, the director of a Mayan non-governmental organization with close ties to Mayan religious and political leaders, said on Thursday. So, uh, Bush's seven-day tour of Latin America includes a stopover beginning late Sunday in Guatemala. On Monday morning, he's scheduled to visit the archaeological site Iximiche on the high western plateau in a region of the Central American country populated mostly by Mayans. Tiny said the spirit guides of the Mayan community decided it would be necessary to cleanse the sacred site of bad spirits after Bush's visit so that the ancestors could rest in peace. And that was from uh, ABC News, uh, oh, Mar- 9th of March, 2007. So that was late-breaking news. <laughs> yeah, this morning. This morning. So. Someone, my roommate emailed it to me this morning. And I'd like, I'd like to actually consider doing that here in southern Illinois, because uh, Bush, long time ago, he visited Marion as part of the lead-up to his, elect- his first election, if you want to call it that. <laughs> So we could put together a interfaith commission to go and purify the site that Bush spoke at down here. Well, technically, we could do university too. Clinton was here. Yeah, Clinton was here too. So we just let's just cleanse all that political. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the name of this is Keep Warm Illinois, but it is a website put out by the um, Illinois government, which offers various no-cost and low-cost energy tips a web-based tool to conduct a home energy audit, links to energy assistance programs and other resources. In addition, the Keep Warm Illinois hotline, 1-877-411-WARM, is another resource for Illinois residents to learn how to save energy and get energy assistance. The Keep Warm Illinois website is www.keepwarm.illinois.gov. And... They have some really good no-cost and low-cost energy-saving tips on there. Because, in related news, Ameren and ComEd rate increases are now in effect. Ameren rate increases are approximately 40 to 55% higher, while Commonwealth Edison's is 20 to 22% higher. So, And my utility also said they're going to be raising their rates uh, 5% in April. So... Mm-hmm. The cost of energy is going up, therefore they have to charge more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but that's how it works. So, and it, it's kind of ironic. The Keep Warm Illinois campaign was to keep people warm in the winter, mm-hmm. and we didn't really have winter. Um, March temperatures are expected to be normal or closer to normal, but December through January temperature was 6 to 8 degrees higher than normal Hmm. for southern Illinois. Yeah. While February, those first two weeks in February, was 12 degrees below normal. Hmm. 
So it's like... <laughs> it's it's destabilization. Yeah, the climate crisis creates weather destabilization. Yeah. So It's like if you've ever seen when an earthquake happens, the little uh, uh, seismograph, it, you know, it's usually going up and down slowly, and then it goes up and down wildly <laughs> during the earthquake. It's kind of like that, but with climate. <laughs> That's a good analogy. So let's see, in other news, uh, let's let's stick to something related to climate issues. What goes up must keep going up. Dra- <laughs> <laughs> Draft of U.S. government report says greenhouse gas emissions are on the rise. A leaked draft of a U.S. government report shows that officials expect greenhouse gas emissions to keep climbing under President Bush's watch. The U.S. Climate Action Report, which was due to the U.N. over a year ago and comes with its own ironicalicious acronym. <laughs> yes, the... Oh, Climate Action Report. Car. <laughs> that is ironicalicious. But the report says emissions will be 11% higher in 2012 than they were in 2002. By 2020, it says they'll be 19% higher than the 2000 levels. This is not such a good prospect for a nation that spews a quarter of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. But the Bush camp spun sugar from the news, reminding critics that their goal is to ensure that emission rates grow at a slower rate than the economy. <laughs> Quote, The Climate Action Report will show that the President's portfolio of actions addressing climate change and his unparalleled financial commitments are working, said White House spokesperson Kristen Helmer. Said da- David Doniger of the Natural Resources Defense Council, quote, If you set the hurdle one inch above the ground, you can't fail to clear it. <laughs> Straight to the source, the New York Times, Austin American Statesman, uh, Associated Press, 4th of March, 2007. All right. Tell her all your crazy dreams. Bank of America announces a $20 billion green initiative. And per in perhaps the largest incentive of its kind ever, Bank of America has announced a $20 billion investment in being all green and stuff over the next decade. The largest U.S. retail bank will use most of that moolah to finance green-focused commercial clients while also also offering lower, lower mortgage rates on energy-efficient homes, starting a credit card program that directs bling to greenhouse gas reduction projects, and donating to green nonprofits. Ooh, ooh, we got a few in southern Illinois. <laughs> the bank already offers rebates to hybrid driving employees and is building energy-efficient offices in New York and Charlotte, North Carolina. Quote, this is intended to be good business as well as the right thing to do says the Bank of America's Ann Finnecane. In other spendy business greening news, Colorado's Vail Resources Resorts has announced plans to build a $1 billion eco-friendly mixed-use resort village. Aw hell, we might go out there and shoot a couple billion bucks into the atmosphere just to show if they can suck up carbon dioxide on their own. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, Reuters, Business Week, Market Watch, and the Denver Post, all the 6th of March, 2007. Let's see. In other news, creation careless. Evangelical policy director chastised for speaking out on climate change. Reverend Richard Sizek, policy director for the National Association of Evangelicals, says global warming is human-caused and the God-fearing should take it seriously. 
Science-based belief. Kel over. Uh, I, my French pronunciation. <laughs> that was the American French pronunciation. <laughs> so last week, a group of conservative Christian leaders unaffiliated with NAE wrote a letter urging the NAE board to shut Sizek up or to fire him. Quote, What is being done here, said signer Tony Perkins, is a concerted effort to shift the focus of evangelical Christians to these issues that draw warm and fuzzies from liberal crusaders. In his relentless campaign against global warming, say the right-wingers, Sizek is not focusing enough on abortion protesting and gay bashing, and, quote, cannot be trusted to articulate the views of American evangelicals. Mr. Warm and Fuzzy turned the other cheek, kind of. Quote, I speak with a voice that is authentically evangelical on all the issues, from religious freedom around the world to compassion for the poor, he said. And yes, creation care is one of those issues. Straight to the source, the New York Times, the Washington Post, 3rd of March, 2007. Well, you did French. Let me see if this... Vive la discord. Is that discord Vive la discord. European mm-hmm. Union leaders gather for summit, squabble over renewable energy target. As European Union leaders gather for a two-day summit that starts tomorrow, one question is dominating the agenda. What exactly did the Olsen twins buy on their recent Paris shopping spree? Once that's answered, the heads of states will move on to more mundane topics like emission cuts and renewable energy. While the summit is expected to result in in an agreement to cut carbon emissions 20% from 1990 levels by 2020, and as much as 30% if other nations around the world agree to cuts, there's a strife a go-go over a proposal that 20% of energy production by 2020 come from renewable sources. Rumor has it that nearly half of the 27 member states, including France and Poland, oppose that target in part because it doesn't consider the role of nuclear power. But one thing is sure, says German Chancellor and Summit Chair Angela Merkel, quote, the necessity to combat climate change and reduce our energy dependency coupled with the fact Kyoto is running out has concentrated minds. Straight to the source, The Age, BBC News, the March, March 7th, 2007. Here we go. In other news, they didn't get the aw cute memo. Public hearings on polar bear fate get Alaskans all riled up. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is holding public hearings on a plan to list the polar bears under the Endangered Species Act, and it's getting an earful. A hearing in Anchorage on Friday brought out critics of all stripes, from the deputy director of the Alaska Oil and Gas Association to a leading biologist with the state's Department of Fish and Game. While we're not saying these folks are afraid of regulations, in other news, the Environmental Law and Policy Center FarmEnergy.org website gets a new look. It's a big year of policy opportunities for clean energy development in rural farms and ranches. The 2007 Farm Bill is being considered by Congress to cover the next five years of agricultural commodity conservation and energy programs. That's why ELPC, the Environmental Law and Policy Center, has given their dedicated FarmEnergy.org website a new look, new content, and some new bells and whistles. 
ELPC was a leader in helping to create and enact and then implement the in innovative new clean energy development programs on the 2002 Farm Bill that provide financial incentives for small, medium-sized farmers, ranchers, and rural small businesses to develop more clean wind power, biofuels, solar power, and more energy-efficient improvements. You can learn more about these programs and technologies as well as the incentive programs on farmenergy.org. Keep current on all the news that relates to the Farm Bill clean energy development programs by visiting the site regularly. So, I guess we got time to read a few headlines. Headlines. Here's one. Uh, pay no attention to that protocol behind the curtain. The 20-year-old Montreal Protocol has helped combat global warming. And uh, they, they did models of how how global warming would have gone differently if they hadn't had that protocol. And they said it saved us 10 years worth of uh, climate uh, destabilization. Largely because it's uh, it changed the CFCs, like you weren't allowed to do CFCs under their phase-out. Another headline, Cloudy with a Chance of Powers. As Asian economies grow, increased pollution affecting the world's, the world's weather. And this other one, I wanted to read the whole thing, but we don't have time. But wait, there's more. High-tech extraction methods are delaying the peak of world oil production. Essentially, we expect it to reach peak and probably already have. I think that's why the oil companies are doing record profits. They're creating uncertainty and therefore pumping up their profits, is that we have actually reached the point where we are producing less and less oil each year. Yeah, we're past the peak. So, but they have figured out ways to delay that peak through high-tech extraction. Yeah. So, that that is interesting. It can only take us so far, though, since part of the whole notion of peak oil involves the fact that we will, as the curve goes down, we will be developing more and more advanced technologies to get out that last bit. But it'll be costing more and more money to do so. So it is summer. Get out there and enjoy it. You want to reiterate a little bit about alternative spring break? Oh, yes, because it's definitely nice out there. The alternative spring break in the Shawnee National Forest, Bald Knob Wilderness, March 12th to 16th, 2007, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. If you have questions or you'd like to pre-register, you can contact Jennifer Sublett at 687-1731. Have a wonderful sunny day. Yes, enjoy.